Hunter's Hub side quest. Uh, this is your host, Fortuan, uh, chatting to you <laughs> and chatting with uh, co-host Haru. How you doing? He doth protest too much. D- okay. He's setting the tone, man. <laughs> Was it? Oh, yeah. That's true. Yes, they do. Um, so today we're talking about um, Dragon's Crown uh, for side quest. Uh, we've been playing this a little bit over a month now. Um, due to, uh, as previously mentioned in some other podcasts, some recording issues we delayed, uh, and then uh, we also had to fit time to sort of finish things up. Um, but I don't think either one of us, uh, fully completed the game. Uh, I completed what we'll say is the main story, but there's like an after story that I was, uh, getting through still. Yeah, it's kind of gets like, we'll get into this, but it kind of gets like, um, the Odin Sphere or the Odin Sphere remake, and that it makes you replay the levels to uh, get the endings yes. of the different stories. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. So I haven't fully completed it. Um, I may. Uh, this is one of those games that that I may go back and do. Uh, it just depends on uh, where we're at, uh, like you know, playing other things and schedules and all that kind of stuff. Um, but anyways. Um, so to get right into it, um, the game, uh, essentially, uh, Dragon's Crown is a golden axe type beat em up. Like, uh, if you ever played the Simpsons arcade games or the Ninja Turtle arcade games, uh, stuff like that. Um, so it's like that with RPG elements. Uh, you pick a character, you level them up, you can equip them with items and uh, you know, weapons and that kind of stuff, and you get loot, and then you have to identify. It's it's like a almost a D&D version of this sort of Golden Axe stuff, although there are D&D versions of that kind of game, too. Yeah, I actually um, had the happenstance to have seen one of those. I think it was like Shadows over... Right. Yeah, they did a they did a remake that had like all three of the that same series in one game. Um I own it on something. Oh right, Mistara, sure wasn't I, it? Yeah, Mistara or something like that. I actually own it on something. But yeah, if you've ever played those kind of style of games, uh that's pretty much what this is. Um it's got a unique thing, uh I would say uh, as, as to those games, uh, like I said, you know, a lot of those games aren't really focused on leveling up. There's a lot of character customization in this, so you can, like, level up and buy abilities with level up points. Well, because VanillaWare... Sort of customize. VanillaWare has their own series, and they make a lot of these yeah. sort of 2D side-scroller, um, like, kind of hack-and-slash... essentially, yeah. Like, 2D yeah. art, like, really beautiful games. Um, mm-hmm. Odin Sphere and Nermasa are, I think, the two big ones. There might have been some before that in obscure times, but I'm not aware. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not familiar with the studio too much. I think this is the first game I played by them. I want to say. Um. But, uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, I remember. Uh, so. Do you have anything else to sort of? explain what the game is before we move on to our impressions well yeah i just like for impressions like starting off uh mm-hmm. as opposed to their past games which are strictly 2d uh right. side scrollers this game introduced the sort of 
2.5D uh, fighting game, ca- yeah. or arcade game cabinet, walking up and down on the screen at a slight angle, and, and yes. their games are literally not three-dimensional. They're 2D arts, or, or 2D arts, 2D art animated, like, sprites in different stages and different poses, mm-hmm. um, so there's no three, it's not, it's not 2.5D, like, there's no 3D models at all. Um, which makes it really confusing to see where you are on the screen if there's depth introduced. Yeah, yeah, there is, yeah. <laughs> there is. So, um, you obviously were more familiar with the series. Did you... Um, and you had actually played it a little bit before we did the podcast. Um, how did you... Did it, did it like meet your expectations of what it was when you delved into it deeper, or? Um, well, I'm coming from Muramasa, uh, which I original pl- originally played on the Wii, and the, like the big mm-hmm. difference there is that there were only two characters in that, and oh, you there's like six in this one. Yeah, and I think Odin Sphere too has around six or so. Uh, yeah, but the thing about Muramasa is it's more of an RPG. There's more of like a like a like a map, a side-scroller map, and you'd like go from one zone to the next, whereas Odin Sphere and this are level-based. And Dragon's Crown, of mm-hmm. course, is also multiplayer, uh, we should say. Right. Um, so, I will say, for me, uh, I kind of, I knew about this game, um, which I think we'll get into this about the graphics. It got a lot of hate um, <laughs> when it first came out. Um, so I remembered it from that hate, uh, especially for the sorceress, um, her her uh, design. But uh, I didn't have uh, much of an impression of it other than uh, what that came, like. I knew it was sort of like a fantasy game. I didn't even know it was a beat 'em up. Um, so I just sort of, you know, we, we decided to do this game. I just sort of did it and uh, stuck to it. <laughs> um but yeah like my initial like when I first started playing I was like okay I can get into this um I like beat em ups but I don't like it, it's I don't like them enough to sort of like 100% them like you know what I mean like I don't like oh this is my thing but I like them well enough uh the problem for me is they get a little bit too hard on the difficulty curve sometimes uh and there's no real way to mitigate that curve but in this one, it does it by the fact that you get better gear and level up, and you can sort of get past things easier instead of just, oh, let me try to stunlock this boss again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's a way to improve versus, you know, pure skill like some beat em ups. So, yeah. it's definitely more of a flexible RPG right. elements, and as eighth gen video game kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and we know, as, as everyone should know, we are not programmers here. Like, I think I'm good at some things, but I'm not going to beat every game, like, hey, right, right speak away. Speak for yourself. I do. Street Fighter. I said we all as the time. a collective we, but, all right. <laughs> I won the Evo. Sure. All of the years. <laughs> you, won the, you won the Evos, all of them. All of the Evo games, every year, forever. <laughs> all of the Evos. <laughs> I don't know what this good is. Um, um, so, I guess we can just move on to talk about like more about like the meat and potatoes of the game, like you know, like uh, how it plays out, the graphics, you know, like 
uh, all of that stuff. Um, but I, the first and foremost, uh, you talked about it, the 2D graphics, uh, sprite work, all that kind of stuff. It's infamous for being, uh, we'll just put it lightly and say incredibly sexist. It's, oh my gosh. It's, it's such a conflict for me. I think it's just yeah. like I loved the look of Muramasa and this game too I think it's just like really gorgeous but um, yeah in general the art style is really good yeah but the character designs are sort of like that guy that weeaboo guy that walks around in public wearing a crappy t-shirt that says like I bang anime girls it's kind of I have never like seen that. this t-shirt but I totally believe you I totally believe you that's a thing <laughs> Probably um, many of them. I, uh, a funny side story. I was talking to someone and, um, they were just like, oh, look what I found. And they were like looking through stuff on eBay just to look through stuff. And they found this like anime girl who's like taking off her shirt and like literally almost like about the proportions of the sorceress we're talking about here. Like, what? There's like, none why? of those on the internet, Fortran. <laughs> I mean, they were. It was like a, a plastic like model, like you can buy. That they were oh yeah, that's, I was like, that's that's a big thing in Japan. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? Why? <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So, um, extremely large-chested, like wide-hipped, skinny women everywhere in this game. Um, super buff boys, except for the rogue, who's kind of lanky. Um, it's not quite equal, the, but the, some of the male characters are definitely similarly grotesque. Yes. Um, the barbarian is basically wearing a bikini with a loincloth. Like, it's... So, I played uh, as the barbarian, and... <laughs> yeah. Because, like, on one hand, like, she's such a fun melee character. Like, all the attacks yeah. are, like, super... Like, the, like, really satisfying to hit with. On the other hand... Mm -hmm. Um, every single cooldown animation after every single like movement or attack she takes, there's like a boob jiggle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so, Sorceress did the same thing. It's uh, so I, much. It's like a lot. Well, I mean, the the I hate that we're talking about this, but we have to because it's I don't know. I don't know if we, I don't know if we have to, but you can actually see, so you can, like, there's people in the town, they're not very many, there's, like, a woman carrying a basket on her head, a guy with a bunch of apples, and, like, his kid helping him carry apples, and I, like, I can't, there might be a third, like, a fourth one, somewhere, but they just randomly walk through town at times, and... Uh, and town is sort of like your central hub, where you go to the, do different things before you go on quests, um... So the woman carrying the basket, she's obviously skinny and well endowed, but not like it's exaggerated as, let's say, the barbarian or the sorceress or something like that. Um, the <laughs> if you hit the people in town, they have this animation where they're like ah or whatever, but like it doesn't really do anything. Although we figured out if you hit them too much, you get put in jail. It's GTA. And you lose a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> it actually has a cutscene for it. <laughs> um, it's funny, but uh, yeah, the woman in town she actually has jiggle physics, also. Like if you hit her, cool. And yes. yeah, Video so games. well, so my brother, 
Yeah. My brother and I, we, we played together. So my brother played the sorceress because he thought it would be funny. And then I played the elf, uh, which is also female, but elf uh, is super conservative. Like, fully clothed, like... Yeah, she has a chest, but it's not, like, overly large. I have never seen any jiggle physics on her. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's like, the one, like, I don't know, normal, believable art style for a character I saw. Um, maybe the dwarf. I like the dwarf's design. He he was super muscly, but, like, he's also really short. It makes it funny. It's um, like if you ever play a D&D campaign and someone makes a character... So I'm gonna base this off of X Pro Wrestler from the Raw, <laughs> and then you get the dwarf. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, and the knight is kind of the same way. He's super buff. Like his his chest is at least four times the size of his body. His chest and shoulders. But he's like, like completely covered up in plate mail. In armor, yeah. So, um. You just kind of, you go through the game, you're told to do these quests uh, and this kind of thing, where you go to, like, a lot of it's just talking to people in town sometimes, but you end up going and doing the beat-em-up stage. You go beat a boss, you come back, and the quest is done. And it's got a, like, interconnected story where you're talking to different things. Um, but, like, one of, the, one of the problems I had is it's like, there's there's a narrator in the game. I actually like the narrator. However, mission one, right? You're like, you guys are nobodies in a tavern looking for a job, like kind of like whatever D and D tale. Um, so then you're interested in joining the adventure guild so you can get jobs and get money and get fame and wealth or whatever you want to do. Uh, and they explain you have this teammate. Uh, what is his name? Do you remember it? Oh, it's it, it's some thief character. Yeah, he's a thief. Um, he locks, opens locks for you for chests and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, it's Robbie. It's, it's Robbie the thief. Quote me on that. Robbie. Robbie. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's something. If it's not that, it's very close because it's very mundane <laughs> for a name. But yeah, like, he basically just helps you out through the game. It's really weird. Uh, I played it on PlayStation. What did you play it on? Or PS4? Yeah, actually. PS4. Okay, so we both did PS4. Um, you have to use your right stick, which pulls up, uh, which isn't used other than pulling up his hand like a mouse clicker, and you click on things to make Robbie unlock them and find secrets, hidden treasures, and that kind of stuff. Because they made Muramasa, um, but but I could I ahead. could almost believe that this was like supposed to be a sequel to that uh, on the Wii, but then it was like kicked, so they had to map the poking things functionality to something else that was less intuitive than the Wii remote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... It was very weird to put in the PS4, because it's like, it, it, you actually almost have to stop. You can do it while you're moving and even fighting, but, like, it's just, like, controlling a mouse and fighting at the same time was a little weird for a PlayStation controller. It's super fiddly, so, too. Like, it's not, it's not easy to click on things. It doesn't snap Oh, anymore. it's... No, it does. It snaps on runes. Oh my gosh, are not runes on the wall, but it snaps on uh, your runes, which we'll get into later. <laughs> I hate that. But um, 
Uh, the, uh, yeah, so there's no snap on, like, you gotta sort of just find your way through things. Um, and like I said, the narrator, you know, so like, hey, you guys are nobodies, but like, within like mission three, you're working for the king and, uh, the queen to be or whatever. Um, and like, there, there's all sorts of like, of course, it's all about the quest for the dragon's crown. The king is off to go reclaim the dragon's crown. Um, and like you, you're suddenly working for the king and you're just like a nobody. So like, then you become like this fabled hero, like immediately. And that's how the rest of the game goes. It's just like, you're just like fast track into hero mode. (laughs) Yeah. I'll say as opposed to like the other games, which you always had sort of like the other games had more of a defined like character because the characters were all named. Whereas in this game, you're just picking yeah. a class, and they, they just kind of look how they do. Um, right, and they yeah, they never refer to you as anything but, like, you. Yeah, but... but <laughs> like, it's always second person. But in the other campaigns, you'd always have a purpose. Like, your character setup, backstory, whatever. Um, whereas the first mm-hmm. few missions of this game, you just kind of... It just kind of sent you places to do stuff. And... Yeah, well, their purpose is adventure, and I'm not kidding. So d- you didn't, uh, you didn't finish. We'll get to this later, but they actually have cutscenes for each character that beats the game, the main game. Oh, okay. Um, which is weird, because there's no indication that you have a personal stock in in exact what character you're being, until the end, like you actually learn some motivations of your character when you finish the game, which is a weird place to be learning that kind of thing. However, that's what happens. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, and I say beat the game as in beat the first round of talismans, which we'll get into. So, um, like I said, you do these quests and that kind of thing, and you're basically ported to different maps and just for a second, like, how upset were you with the scroll speed on some of these like maps? Like you like it had to rotate around, like like Yoshi's Island did. <laughs> it just like rotates around the island till you get to the next spot. Except it took like a minute. <laughs> um, did you not see the the speed up button for that? There is, there is. Okay, so you did find and it. And I used okay, it. Okay, good. I I but it was still annoying. It was still like, why is it like? Why can't it just like take us here? Like, well, like, just snap to the next place on the map. Because, like, every time you were moving, but, like, when you're selecting stuff, like, it's also that way. I, I um, liked that because there was no loading in the game. Like, you basically, when it got to your location, you instantly popped in because, what do you have to load? It's 2D art. And the map was, like, this beautiful, ornate, like, 2.5D drawn art thing. It looked almost like a pop-up book, and it would, like, depict the landscape in each location. And there was, like, this really okay. ornate, like... Like almost like a Roman lettering at places, and like the sun, they did like a big lens flare, like this big low horizon red sun. It's great. No, it did look good. I just like when you're, uh, let's say grinding per se, because you do kind of do that in this uh, kind of quest grinding. I would say. Oh yeah, you you're doing. You're watch it the first the... time, hold circle the rest of the times. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, and it gets, it gets kind of like, okay, here you go, here you go. Well, uh, so, like I said, the, the, my brother and I, we played the whole way through, 
Um, and we're kind of like, okay, we're just going to go do these quests, level up, try to get abilities, um, uh, and that kind of stuff. And uh, we play together. We also, there's a mechanic where you have NPCs fill in the other slots. Um, those NPCs are actually bones. Like, you find bones of previous adventurers, and you can choose to revive them and use them as allies. And you can only, you can only hold so many allies, but you get to basically recruit people. Uh, what we typically did is we would collect as many bones as we could, revive the best two, and then bury the rest. And because burying them gives you a chance for an item, uh, that's what we would do. Because like, i.e., burying basically only... never gives you an item. Uh, I mean, well, when you're burying like 19 bo- sets of bones at once, like it, it, sometimes you'll get one thing. Yeah, uh, I don't think we ever got. I don't think we ever got usable equipment out of that. They'll give you equipment sometimes, but don't use it. Because A, it can't be repaired, and B, a lot of the time, it's not as good as the equipment you just found. Yeah, because it's leveled so, to whatever the, the uh, bone pile was. Right. Yeah, well, at the time, I think you picked up the bones. So, you leveled up from completing the quest, then they're kind of irrelevant. So, like, this game's big new addition is multiplayer. It's going back to, like, the level-based... It's not as narrative. Uh, or at least it doesn't have, like, a strong story campaign. Just kind of levels and no. missions. Um, the biggest complaint I had with with the new uh, style... Uh, what was that 2.5D, like, scrolling? Because there's no way to perceive depth in 2D art. Uh, and also with how cluttered the screen right. got with the multiple characters, because you have, oh yeah, you have your main character, you have your three party members, you have uh, the the Ranny, I think his name is the Rogue, uh, the Rogue, yeah, who flits about on screen. You have your fairy character. You have all of the enemies, and like even if you're in a boss, it'll be like multiple different uh, sprites with a bunch of ads also swarming in. And there's a bunch of like items. Yeah, on the very floor. few bosses are by themselves with no ads. Um, yeah, uh, I think the the gazer is one of the few that are like that. So on top of all that, you have the items in the floor that all like there's like can be like a bunch of items at once, and then even oh yeah, you'll even get at certain points enemy thieves will come and start to try to steal your treasure chests in the chaos, which. Or just a recolor uh, yeah. of the, of your thief's model, so it's kind of confusing. Right. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> and there's like a bunch of glowy um, attack effects, and it's just like too much. It's like this doesn't need to be yeah, and like it, a two-player. It definitely gets cluttered. Fighting game or something. Like I. And you can definitely lose yourself. There's uh, later on. I don't know if you ever saw them. Uh, but there's enemies like uh, so. There's the skeletons, right? You you've probably fought skeletons. They're in the the cove. Uh, they're in a lot of the places. Yeah. Uh, the catacombs. There's special skeletons that are glowing blue. Right. Those that guys do like ice attacks. Um, those skeletons are super dangerous, um, and they have always been super dangerous. I think we ended with uh, my brother and I being level 57. Um, And throughout the entire time of the game, if we saw a blue skeleton, it was almost number one priority Um, because they have faster attacks on top of 
can chill or freeze you. So, like, you can lose a lot of your health and just from one sort of, like, almost stun lock hit. But, the, the, like, they're like, da 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 like, And you're like, oh, my gosh, my health, it's going away. <laughs> like, I need to get out of here. Um, yeah, so th- there there's some enemies that are, like, super dangerous that can pop up that, that uh, with all the clutter, make it worse. <laughs> so I want to ask you about your experience. Um, in multiplayer, did you find that you were usually... Uh, competitive for the content? Did you find that you were dying a lot with uh, another, like uh, you as the two player controlled players? Uh, no. Um, we only like completely had well I don't think we ever completely failed a quest. Okay. No, we did once. Um, and there's it's kind of weird because we sort of over leveled on accident um, because we were just trying to complete quests. So we ended up being a lot stronger than a lot of the content. Um, well, up until the end of us playing, um, <laughs> which is, uh, we'll get, we'll get into spoilers later. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't want to talk about, uh, uh, the end quite yet. Um, sure. so it was never a challenge. Uh, up until then and a lot of it was it was actually a challenge for us not to use continues for the NPCs Um, so it it got to be a point uh, in one of the areas where the NPCs were dying enough that we actually turned them off and just us two went in which made it incredibly more difficult but when you use continue, it costs gold. So we weren't losing money by doing quests. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my problem. Is the NPCs they they just die if you're facing like competitively leveled content. You can't because it's an action game. You can't really like yeah go up ahead of your level on things because um... yeah people. Players actually, you know, like people as players and so the NPCs are definitely more desirable. <laughs> right, sorry. <laughs> Which there is an online component to do that. Yeah, no, the, there's the matchmaking. Um, what I wanted to say is that the problem is that even if you're trying to play it single player, it's always balanced for multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So you have to have these NPC drone characters play through the story with them, yeah. or you have to do it in multiplayer. Uh yeah, and I used the drones. Uh, the the two other slots that weren't my brother were the drones. I don't think you unlocked multiplayer up... until you beat like all the stages at least once. Right. So so I was gonna say there's there's a couple points where uh, gameplay wise it's a bit of a twist. So you're going through, you're doing all these missions, you're being told where to go, and that kind of thing. And then about, uh, it was like 10 or 12 hours into the game for me. Uh, it sort of flips on its head and you start doing the, hey, you need to go back to every level and get a talisman. There's a B route for each of the levels. Right. The new boss. So every level had the A route, which was sort of like the story quest you did. And then the B route would, uh, route, 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 whatever, um, the B route, which was 
the talisman quest, which was different and harder. And it gave you level, uh, suggested levels. Or level of this content or whatever. And then, um, a lot of times you would have to sort of level up to get to there, to get to that point. This is also where they introduce what we did, which is the gate um, where we don't pick where we're going. Yeah, so you it's sort of the randomly... game when you go to this teleportation gate, and they explain it yeah. once you uh, get to the end game that the, the teleportation magic is going to awry, and it turns into like a random uh, play mode. You right. still get to choose like A or B route for each of the levels, but it'll send you to a random one of the nine or ten locations. Right. So there's there's always a point in the story quest where you go far enough and there's like, hey, this guy says something to you. There's always something that happens like a, a few rooms into the, the, the map. At that point, you get to choose route A or B. And... Uh, like I said, A is going to be easier, but B B is going to be uh, harder uh, with better loot, typically. Oftentimes, um, that character you encounter in the dungeon will be a voluptuous woman in various degrees of peril. Uh, oftentimes, yes. There's a few uh, guys. There's one guy who's a mouse. He's been turned into a mouse. Um, there's some weird witch doctor druid thing My favorite, in one of them. My um... favorite... My favorite was the uh, the orc the chef who is oh the orc chef grabbing like a goblin and about Cutting. to like butcher them. Yes, about to butcher goblins. I was gonna say um, my brother and I got a lot of fun making fun of the mermaid in the cove because the mermaid is obviously a mermaid, you know, voluptuous woman who's only covering her chest with her hair. Um, but she also has a full butt, like just a full butt. And that's, again, just another example how this game is just really just not okay. It just, it just looks grotesque. <laughs> On the political correctness. Because and, uh, yeah, her it, body, like her yeah. back ends and then her, her uh, rear cur curves out. And then like her tail curves out below that. It's like, that's not how mermaids work. It's supposed to like flow into the tail. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's not a it's, fish work it's, either. It's a butt. It's a butt whose legs were replaced with mermaid. So, mermaid. It's like a mermaid. But, it's like a mermaid has their pants around their their thighs. Right. Right. They're trying to pull up their mermaid pants. Not quite there oh yet. Oh my god. Uh. Uh. Yeah. It's weird. But uh, this is where the majority of we spend our time just sort of randomly going through trying to complete quests and that kind of thing. We weren't really trying to get the talismans as much as we got the talisman if we felt we were ready for it. Um, one of the other things you can do, and it's one of the weird things about multiplayer, you get a bag and the bag is like an extra in inventory sort of um, where you can have different loadouts depending on how many bags you have. Uh, and you can buy them at the general store. However, um, these loadouts are only purchasable if you're on local co-op by the player one. So we had a situation where we would basically go on a quest 
we would try to use up all of the resources out of bag one. So resources as in spells for the sorceress. She only has X amount of casts. Um, your equipment can sort of break down and has to be repaired. So like if you don't go back to town after so many like chain of quests, uh, because like when you finish, it's like, Hey, you can keep going for better rewards or go back to town. Um, so, you know, you keep going, keep going, keep going to get better stuff. But, uh, and I think our record was we went nine simultaneous quests, I think was our record. Um, which was a lot of extra loot, but also very dangerous the last one because <laughs> we had run out a lot of resources. Uh, like your healing potions are like X amount per like thing. So these multiple bags sort of help you like, okay, bag one is spent. I've used all my spells and abilities out of bag one. Here's bag two. So is it is it like double uh, or nothing where you lose your your spoils if you go on the second one and fail? Uh, no, you still have your your spoils from the previous ones. You just don't get the spoils for that one. I don't think. Oh, so there's no uh, real, real reason not to. Well, if I mean, if you can't make it because like so for me as the elf, um, I had like uh, salves that would apply to the bow. Uh, and one of them was actually very important. Uh, well, I mean, it's not extremely important because they always give you uh, the ability to do it. But sometimes there's ghosts. Ghosts can only be hurt by fire. Now, however, fire hits a ghost, it dies immediately. But I had an oil for fire on my bow, and it made it like 90 times easier just to use that against ghosts and that kind of thing. Um, the... The sorceress, uh, so my brother's character, was actually the biggest limiting factor in how far we could go. Uh, because using his attacks really hurts the staff that he's using a lot. Um, so he ends up relying on spells for bigger fights. Well, you only have X amount of casts of a spell, kind of like in D&D. You only cast this amount of times per day. Kind of like in D&D. Uh, hmm. Wonder if... Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, so we had to have different so the different loadouts had different like you know different spell slots i would say so we would refresh by going to another bag however he only ever got two bags so um because he couldn't buy another one so we because you know we didn't ever start with him first for some reason <laughs> but anyways it wasn't a big deal you know like we would normally do like two quests on one bag two quests on the second bag I like the time we did nine. It was just happenstance that we just got lucky. You know, like we barely used anything that run. Let's do it again. And, you know, same. You know, same bag. And um, it was uh, it was interesting, and we had a lot of fun just sort of like you know blazing through. I think we had that that one that was nine quests in a row. I think took us four hours to do all of it, uh, which was a lot of time. But eh. Uh, we had some time off one day, so that's what we did. <laughs> um, so it's an interesting, like, it's, it's really good for, like, an arcade beat-em-up kind of feel of a game. But uh, it, 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 there's a lot of management that goes in with it. Yeah, it's a lot of um, RPG so like, elements. Um, right. So we've talked a lot about the, you get, the levels and the art and the, like, gameplay structure. But what do you think of the actual mm -hmm. melee combat? Oh, it's good. Like, um, every character has their own sort of thing they want to do. So, like, as the elf, you would think I want to, I want to stay back and like shoot him with a bow. No, you don't. 
Um, you want to go in, knock them up in the air, and the elf is good at air juggling people. And then, like, when you're done with your combo, you sort of dunk them with a charged bow shot, which was really fun concept. Oh, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't get that that far into the elf. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, she also has like her bow attack. If you hold in, so the charge shot I think is the bread and butter of the the bow. Uh, you just hold it in, shoot. It does a lot more damage when you do that. You you can level up the charge shot to do more damage and whatnot. And then you had abilities to do more arrows with different attacks. <clears throat> so you, there was one where you shoot an arrow up and it comes down. And if you have no element attached to it, it just does some wind that does extra damage. But if it's poison, it makes a poison spout or fire, the fire spout. You can actually get more arrows on that upshot that sort of create this zone of fire or zone of poison that hits multiple enemies. So like it ended up being like a lot of juggling and zoning is what the elf was to me. Uh, My brother did a my character... The Amazon, I really liked. You just had a basic four-stage ground combo with the, with her big, like, kind of pole axe. Um, yeah, yeah, her huge axe, yeah. And the thing with the melee characters is they always had map to circle. You have a... You can, like, slam your weapon into the ground and become disarmed for a cooldown period. And she would, like, kind yes. of just sort of charge and just slam her, her... Like, take a big axe chop and, like, it would do, like, a thousand damage. Uh, by sort of mid-levels. Uh, and you can also, like, if you... Yeah, that's a lot of damage. That's more than a lot of a lot of the stuff I did. No, yeah, the trick is to, like... Because she has the, like, rage combo, so you have to uh, get a combo going and, like, f- attack and hit enemies frequently, and then you hit it and start and just slam your axe in- into the ground with a damage bonus. That's cool. I like that concept. And, um... um like... She- there's also for all of the melee characters you have uh you can use that to instead throw your axe and it kind of does a couple hits but not as much damage uh from what sure. i can tell uh, and like her air one of the things were so good because oh yeah like she basically like well, she does that spin right yeah yeah she basically has her even her jump animation is just like a samus uh spiral attack jump and you have a double jump in the She's... game and whenever you do your air uh, neutral, you, you just start like whirlwind spinning, and you can you can upgrade it so you get a couple extra toggles, so you mm-hmm. can change direction while you're whirlwind spinning, and it will kind of give you another boost of uh, like hang time in the air, so you can like sort of just like kind of zigzag your uh, cursor over an enemy, and uh, right. and just do damage to them that way. So. Uh, I was going to say, the the elf, um, like I said, you don't end up using the bow as much as you would think you would because there's actually ammo for the bow you have to keep track of. Um, so, like, you only have, like, you start out with, like, ten or is it eight uh, arrows. And it's like, okay, so you have to pick up arrows. Uh, actually, if you just click on Ranny or whatever his name is, he'll, he'll throw arrows out on the ground. So it's not a huge deal. But it, it does, you do have to manage them to a degree. Um, so you end up doing kicks and stuff for your melee attacks, and there is a there's another skill that upgrade that your kick attacks do uh, plus percentage damage equal to the armor value of your boots. Um, <laughs> it was actually my favorite skill because um, the the everyone has like a running charge attack and they're all really strong, um, but 
I would dare say with the boot upgrade, um, the kick attack uh, that she does, which is like literally like the Liu Kang like flying kick for a couple feet, does like immensely more damage in like one just like single like non combo hit. It's so funny, and it sends things flying from left to right, like it's just like across the screen. Uh, it was uh, it was funny, especially killing some of like the wizard enemies uh, to have them like scream because they have a certain scream. They're like ah, and then like see a bunch of money pop out of them and just me kick them off of the screen. It's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds fun. So I think we we're both um, pretty positive say the, about like the general uh, like impactfulness. Right. And the feel so of yeah. Combat. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's great combat. It feels good. Um, the only problem is the visual clutter, right? So you can get lost in it um, with four people doing their thing. Um, and I was gonna say one of the big advantages of the sorceress is the fact that she has a lot of jumps. Like you talked about a double jump, she actually has a triple jump. Um, and when she's casting spells in the air, they do more damage, like by a much larger percentage. Yeah, so gotta get that jiggle physics combo. In, uh, yeah, I, you know, I didn't think of it that way, but I would have <laughs> passed them. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, it, it was um, it was interesting, uh, like the different playstyles. I know that the dwarf throws his weapons a lot more than the um, barbarian does, uh, and, I, and we know this because we used a lot of hires. So like the hires were d- the different classes. Uh, the warrior, I don't really know what a lot of what he did. Uh, we didn't use him too often. Um, same with the wizard. The wizard is like the sorceress, where he has spell slots and that kind of stuff, but his spells were just sort of different, I think. Um, some of the spells that the sorceress used were uh, very, very different uh, in the fact that, uh, like uh, what I was gonna say, the, the like there was a big rock that came down for one, and it did like an insane amount of damage. Uh, <laughs> but that was also like a lot of screen clutter. Like he had a lot of lightning bolts came down. It's so, like all of his stuff is really, really what caused the screen clutter. Um, is um in in my is it situation? Is it like uh, the each? Is it like there's just like each magic element has its own. Uh, attacks and then like they can both do that shared pool of elements. So that's sort of what it felt like is that when I when you start those characters, he was doing or yeah he was doing the fire attacks and she was doing the ice attacks. Maybe there were fire spell. No, actually there is no fire spell for the sorceress, um, because we were we relied on his one of his staves or wands or whatever he was no the wizard used wands the staff for the sorceress had to be a fire one a lot of the times so we would specifically look for fire ones because he had no access to fire um, whereas I was required um by my oils to have fire I never could get ice um, there was nothing the elf did that was ice so yeah I kind of see it like maybe there were some stuff that like hey you pair them together and you can get this kind of thing hmm. Hmm. so so yeah like um so you do all of this right you're doing quests you're leveling up you're 
fighting things or getting the talismans and you get the seven talismans and you're supposed to stop this giant bad a dragon from escaping the dream world or whatever uh is sort of like where the story ends up so we're going to get into spoilers here uh if, are you ready for this do you have anything else you want to touch on in the middle dun, dun, dun. um well i kind of wanted to touch on the like how it's very overtly inspired by dungeons and dragons and by like sure role-playing yes games. because there's straight up owl bears which i'm pretty sure owl bears are a DD property like i'm not sure that they are but i mean I'm it's pretty it sure. is an owl and a bear like it's probably they could probably swing it well, red twice. i mean some 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 monsters are actually trademarked by Dungeons and Dragons or Wizards of the Coast. So, like, that monster is, like, copyrighted or whatever, so you can't use them in another game. That doesn't happen a lot because monsters are, by and large, inspired by actual, like, folklore and tales from different cultures and that kind of stuff. But, uh, the, yeah, you're right. This has to be D&D inspired because the owlbear, I do believe, is one of those copyrighted monsters. I could be wrong. Uh, so, um, even, even just down to the but, classes, just starting off, it, it very much resembles... Oh, yeah, they're all D&D classes. First edition yeah. D&D. Because you have what... Yes, especially the fact that you're picking elf and dwarf as a class, in quotations. Yeah, they have like their that own very, preset uh, 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 combo moveset and things. Yeah, yeah, and like elf was a class in first edition D anD D, and dwarf was a class, as in dwarves couldn't be paladins or fighters or clerics. Like that changed in later editions of D anD D. But it's that pleasant uh, old yeah. sort of Lord of the Rings uh, typecasting of different fantasy races. Right, it's very true. Um, so one of the bosses is. Um, a gazer, which a gazer is a beholder, which the beholder is straight up D and D. That is like their most iconic monster, maybe outside of dragons. And like, like you can tell how much they love it, how much how much like reverence went into this because it's such a cool boss fight in that game. Like I oh, it is. It's dangerous though. If you're not you're on your game for that fight, oh man. Uh, there's a move that he does where it sort of like lights up like pilot flames, and you're like, okay, we need to get out. Yeah, of like here. all of his Giant eyes explosion. and tentacle eyes light up like like they're like burning out out of them. Yeah, and then he like he like goes into the ground or something, and like he channels the fire through the ground, and it erupts like in like a like a like like poking your fingers up through the ground and just like like exploding the area in a fire. It's such a cool right. uh, visual. It's hard to <laughs> describe. But yeah, yeah, you, you're in, you're entirely right. This is heavily inspired by Dungeons and Dragons, um, and I, I think that does it uh, does it well uh, as far as like it serves the game well, and they kind of pay a good homage to the Dungeons and Dragons stuff because you get the stuff like goblins and orcs. You get uh, like the sort of mystical forest stuff with fairies and owl bears and tree folk, uh, that kind of stuff. It's it's got a lot of uh, variation to it. Um, Were there any other yeah, bosses yeah, like, you really liked? 
Uh, I liked a lot of the bosses. The harpy is another D and D thing. Uh, of course, the harpies exist in many other lores. Um, so there was the harpy, uh, which was pretty good. Uh, there was the other side of the so there's what ten seven levels because the seven talismans, and there's two bosses per level. So I'm not going to talk about all 14 of them. Like no, I yeah. I was um, like the, the uh, Kraken is trash. Uh, <laughs> not like that fight. It's just an octopus, yeah. But um, it's easy though. Uh, it's one of the first ones we beat. Uh, it, it was. I'll talk about it later. But the first one I got the talisman from twice. <laughs> Interesting. Um, it was really hard for me because you had to. Um, just the difficulty balance for that was like way turned up uh whereas like for yeah. the gazer it felt like yeah. just on that perfect edge of like this is this is attainable but it's like really challenging and i was just dodging all of its like super fire super powerful fire attacks and upping my party and things i would say the red dragon uh is a really good fight um which is interesting because the red dragon I don't know if you can fail other fights without dying, but you can fail the red dragon fight without dying. There's actually a part in which you have to damage him enough before something happens. Else you don't kill him, else you don't get the talisman. So, that was interesting, uh, I would say. Yeah, I got timed out also of the, of the um, Medusa and of the... Uh, like siege fight too, and it sent me back. Oh yeah, the, the goblin door. And I was a pissed. <laughs> so this is this must be a, a mechanic of all of them. So we timed out on the red dragon the first time. Um, the the siege the goblin siege door that is an interesting fight where you're reliant on protecting a cannon to shoot it to do enough damage. Uh, the same way you got to protect a golem for one of the non-talisman fights. That's an interesting one. Uh, which we didn't touch on. I forgot. Runes. Real quick. You can use runes to piece together like magical spells because there's runes on the walls that you have to use your stupid touchscreen hand. Um, and the runes can do stuff like, uh, you know, like, oh, you'd cast this spell. Here's a healing aura and that kind of stuff. The Some of the best ones were opening up a door to a secret passage uh, and there was actually two different rune words that did it, but they were exact same combination. I don't know why. Um, but then also, uh, it's literally like, what was the starter for that rune and what was the ender for that? Or the two different starters were on the wall <laughs> were the different combinations. It was like open key versus secret passage, and both of them were the same combination of runes. It just... The, the one that initiated it was different. Oh, no. But, Order matters on those? Uh, no, they don't. Okay, okay, good. That was great for a second. But there's one rune that starts the same... They have the same function. Go somewhere you're not supposed to go until you do this. Which is weird. But, anyways. Um, so there's that then there's um the problem i had where your finger snaps onto your runes and when it does that it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to click on your rune because highest priority is telling uh an ally to do something let alone drop something so if your ally is holding a crossbow 
one of the pickle pickup items that you can do and I'm trying to click on a rune, it's going to keep telling that uh, that ally to move uh, to to pick up or put down that crossbow where they're standing. And your ally so is like up doing it behind the rune box too. It pops up yes, over the screen so that like clicks through it, it. So you'd have to like move out of the way of people and then click on your character. Right. But the screen is so cluttered, you never know it's going to work. Exactly. That's why you kind of have to stop if you're using rune words because like you have to situate so you're not hitting. That was a big problem I had. Uh, I mean, but yeah, it was it, it was annoying. But yeah, that was something I forgot to talk about. Uh, the, the so there last, was that. Um, the last criticism I just want to say real quick is that the camera is super wonky mm -hmm. and it will follow your yeah. AI allies and there's this sort of like Smash Brothers effect where who is it actually following? And it'll like pull you out of parts of the map, um, and at certain points, like it would zoom in when you're not fighting anyone, and there'd be like a mm -hmm. rune high up on a wall, and I'd have to like jump and like reset the camera and get it to finagle it to. Yeah. Yeah, that is a kind of a problem. Like that would have been a better uh, use for the right stick, I think, is just like panning the camera. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, because if you pulled down, like it would open up the screen more. Um, but I will say the red dragon, um, the goblin door, uh, the golem fight, and the minotaur and the gazer are probably my the ones that stood out to me. Right. So just like there's a ton of like basic enemies even too. We were talking about D and D inspiration, but it really it hits all of the like archetypal bases. Like there's a vampire boss, there's a minotaur, a harpy, uh, mm -hmm. orcs, goblins, uh, undead, yada yada. Uh, I really like the vampire yes. fight because it felt really intense. Because because you pick up like all these like, oh please help me, I'm a damsel characters, and that was even more characters there's, on the screen. And you have like three. There's three of them, yeah. It, if you found them all, there's three. Yeah, you have three trailing you by the time you enter the boss room, and it's like, oh no, because it tells you if they bite the maidens, they'll get turned into vampires. It's like, Ugh. so that was really tense. Uh, so the narration always confused me, even though we always, and I mean always, saved all three. Um, the narration says the girls had been bitten and turned into vampires and they're terrorizing the countryside. It's like, oh, wait, the other missing girls, not the ones that we just saved. There are more. And it just took me forever to realize. Yeah, that. that's that scared me at first. It, I was like, oh, but it must mean must be like, yeah, past tense, like Scooby Doo. And this is how you did it. Too. Right. Yeah, the, what, the, what the, was the, the vampires were the girls that you were fu the, the other vampires were the other girls <laughs> uh but yeah the so uh the those are mostly what uh stood out to me like the vampire fight was interesting but there is a quest later on where you have to save all three girls and that's kind of rough sometimes mm. in the harder difficulty uh, just one, la one um, last thing i wanted to say on the bosses was um <laughs> they, they also referenced uh as well as dnd and mythology monty python and there was a killer rabbit boss 
Oh, I forgot. Yes, there is the Killer Rabbit boss that has a one-hit KO move. It's so because you enter like this creepy. You enter this creepy room with like this giant like Valhazak corpse pile for anyone who plays Monster yes. Hunter, and like it's like bent and buckled armor and like shorn swords, and there's this little bunny appears. <laughs> yeah, little white bunny. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then. It, did you see someone get hit by the one-hit KO attack? Did you see the animation for it? it it's kind of like Captain Marvel, like the thing's face opens up into like a creepy toothed maw. Well, did you see what happens to the character? Uh, no, it's kind of a lot to focus on. Uh, so a little x-ray of your character pops up and the rabbit breaks your neck. You actually see your neck break right, I, and then it sort of fades away. He did hit like me and one other character at that at one point. I remember. Right. It's like, what the heck? Like, it's it's crazy. It's like a um, little floating Mortal Kombat fatality, like, anime cut-in. <laughs> it's great. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot about that one. Like, I like uh, that fight, because so, I think it like, did, it, like, really amped up the whole tension of the scene even more than Monty Python and Holy Grail. True. Uh, it also, the funny thing about it, though, is, like, it is a dangerous boss for sure. But you can juggle that bunny a lot. Like, we ended up juggling it right. a lot. Yeah, you just kind of have to keep hitting uh, the spec on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, if you can find it. <laughs> Definitely a problem sometimes. Um, so, uh, the, so once you get all the talismans, which, by the way, the bunny is a talisman fight. Um, Back to the so spoiler the warning. Of, yeah, so, spoilers. If you don't, If you don't want to know what happens at the end... Don't continue any further. But, essentially, you get all the talismans, you go to the dream realm, and you fight the boss. That's it. You kill the boss, which is a dragon, which is a very tough fight. Um, so is that the red dragon, actually, or is that a different one? It's it's similar to the red dragon as in design. It is a gold dragon. It is much bigger. Um, okay. And you can only hurt its head. Um and there's like stuff like where it's flying so get this this 2d game you're trying to deal with it being in the background and flying towards you and that kind of stuff hmm. uh not unlike kirby how they do that um we're just sort of like rapid increase in size for different sprites um well uh yeah so anyways the fight involves like you trying to hide behind walls to avoid its breath and that kind of stuff and then go in and beat it up we were actually at max level at the time which was 35 when you fought that uh which felt kind of low and we're like okay well we have like level 40 gear like why can't we use it um so you beat the game everyone's like hey you saved a kingdom blah 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 and then you go into, and I don't know if you ever did this, did you ever pray in the game? Like, you could go into the church and pray to this broken goddess statues. Yeah, it's sort of like eating in Monster Hunter. You get your, you can get an extra one-up for everyone, or you can get, like, prioritize yeah, certain loot. Better. Yeah. So, the middle statue is pieced back together. Oh, right, it was crumbled so actually, at the start of the game. Yes, and that's she's the goddess of something uh it then unlocks hard mode oh, which no. is hey you get all the talismans again right 
You have so we are actually sitting at uh, right now five out of the seven talismans again. Your max level bumps up to 65. Your character is now in hard mode, so you're actually in a hard mode thing. But you're in level 35. Both A and B paths are new level requirements that are higher. So we actually ended up having to do A path for everything all the time for a long time because even that was higher level than what we were because we were at the very bottom. It's like starting at level one, now go on the free-for-all mode. Like you missed all that story leveling up. Uh, so the Harpy being supposedly the easiest boss was five levels above us. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so we we were playing through that, but we were finally getting a point where it was e- getting easier again. Uh, of course, you get like more abilities and that kind of stuff. Um, but you figure out when the goddess tells you is the other two statues still had to be recreated. Um, so there's another seven talismans. You recreate one statue, and I assume there's a third set of seven talismans to finish off the game, which I assume is level 100 or whatever it would be. Well, that's sort of just like G-rank. Like, you can do it again if you want to, sort of thing. Yeah, and nothing changes as far as like the content okay. at all. It's just harder. Um, online online the, longevity sort of features. Right, which actually is kind of cool. Um, I was like, okay, I'm finally done. It opened it up again. I was like, wow, okay, this is... If you really want to keep playing, you can do that. Um, but when you beat the dragon, you get it, like I mentioned before, you get a cutscene for your character. So what I got, and heavy spoilers, for the elf, is the elf was like, she went back to her elven home as a hero, um, but she felt the need to keep adventuring, so she came back is sort of like what happened. They're not super in-depth, but they kind of give you insight as to why you were adventuring to begin with. Like, the elf like was sort of tired of living in the sort of, like, mundane life of an elf and wanted to go adventuring. Um, and, like, the sorceress ends up being, like, a fortune teller for, like, rich people. Because, um, <laughs> like, who whoever's in the party when you beat it you get their cutscene that is a human player that is um not the helpers uh so the sorceress ends up being like fortune teller for like rich people but and like sort they also imply a um 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 working girl as we'll say uh which kind of makes sense given her design oh my god <laughs> yeah, this is worse uh, by the minute <laughs> Yeah, um, so, yeah, there, there's that, but she's like, well, she longs for adventure, so she goes back to the guild. It's like, it kind of gives you an explanation to keep going, uh, kind of thing. It's like, okay. 99 sorcerers. She could grab a man and squish him in her palm like a bug, in like a gravity well. But, you know, she needs yeah, turn, no turn tricks to make, to make a living. Right, so yeah, that that's kind of how it goes. Um... Do you, uh, so I know you didn't get, uh, get to that point, but is this a game that you think you'd keep playing or no? Yeah, it's just difficult because after you pass the initial, like play through the the stages, like a path, the difficulty becomes like the difficulty curve just like becomes very erratic. So there's not like a clear progression path necessarily. You just sort of have to grind or like find the easiest one. But it's sending it to random yes. places. So. 
Yeah, so but yeah, <laughs> I end up just... having to take a bunch of A paths just to survive and then get better loot. I, uh, yeah, yeah just it ends up being super grindy. Do some grinding runs and like I'd want to play it online with you or someone else because mm-hmm. it, it just grinding isn't super enthralling if you're just doing it solo. No, that's true. I, I think it's perfectly fine to just play this game, just to like play it through once. I think the content is fine. I don't think it's suited necessarily to be like a super duper uh, play this once a week MO type experience. Yeah. No. No doubt. Um, uh, the guy at the game store that I talk to regularly, um, he actually loves this game enough that he plays it with his friends kind of regularly. So we were talking a bit about this and. Um, he, uh, for whatever reason, they actually kind of do like a once, once, a, one night a week, the, the bunch of them get together and play. Kind of like MMO style, like you're saying, but I agree with you, that's not going to be the norm. <laughs> Unless everyone loves it. Like, you have a group of friends that loves it. One thing um, uh, that, what, that I would could extend the life of it for me is just like let you keep your character. And it, it doesn't necessarily work within the Dungeons mm-hmm. Dragons, like the context that all these classes are different people. But I would want to be able to switch classes, like you can switch weapons in Monster Hunter, and like uh, you get to spend all your ex- all your experience points again for that character and, and spec them up. Because I don't want to play through this game okay. a billion times because it's very grindy to level up every character, really. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um. You can create other characters and pick them. So, for instance, um, the sorceress that my brother was playing, it wasn't tied to his uh, PSN. So if I wanted to, I could pick his sorcerer and he could pick my elf. Um, So, like, you create characters and and they're there. So you do have that to a degree, uh, and I considered making another character, but you do have to go through everything all over again. And I think I ended with over 60 hours of play, uh, I think is where I ended. Yeah, the first five hours uh, I played this game, I was just switching between characters and trying to find who I wanted to play through the story with. Uh, right. Because I didn't realize at first... Well, I just picked one and went. I didn't realize at first that you'd, like, have to have to switch. Um, yeah. Rather that every time you switched, you had to restart the main quest, and, like, you had your individual progress on each... Right, so each character is going through their own story, essentially, is what's ha- what was going on. So yeah, that's that's what would deter me is having to go through it all over again, uh, with after the sixty-five or whatever sixty hours I did. Um, so it was, it was it was great um, for me. Uh, in the end, like I really like the game a lot. Uh, I may keep playing it with my brother if we uh, continue to do so. We actually don't have another game we're playing currently right now, so that's kind of been our default. Um, but, uh, but we also do other things like I'm still playing magic. I'm still going to D and D I got a lot of other stuff going on. So I think, um, it's... but whenever I play a game with my brother, it's probably going to be that for now. Um, cause like going back into the past, Odin's sphere had this sort of grindiness to it too, where each character had mm-hmm. their own unique, unique and heavy finger quotes campaign. But basically you had to play through the same levels in a different order with a different story context. And I feel mm-hmm. like this game it doesn't have as strong of a story, I would say, but it it um, 
it has a better model for replaying content, if that makes sense, than, than they have done right. before. Uh, so, like, I'd recommend, if you want to play a multiplayer brawler, definitely it's got to be Dragon's Crown, because that's the only one that has uh, the functionality. Sure. Well, Mysteria has it, too, but this is better than Mysteria. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> From this decade. Um, but if you just wanted to play, like, a good Vanillaware game... And perchance you have a Vita to play in a stupid remake that's stranded on that platform. I would I would go back and play Mermos the Demon Blade because that that game is also like really beautiful and it, it the characters are like skinny in Japanese so it doesn't have the same the same yeah. uh, creative liberties let's say. Sure. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, cool. Um, so yeah, I guess in conclusion, like my thoughts are pretty positive on this game. Um, I won't say it's one of my favorite games ever, but if I'm going for a brawler, I'll probably go for this one. <laughs> my thoughts are Vanillaware, release your damn mech game already. You announced it in like 2014. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> right. Oh, what's that even right. called anymore? I forget, man. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know what it's you're like talking Japanese about. It's like Japanese schoolgirls <laughs> and mechs. It's it's a whole thing. Um, yeah, I really wouldn't know then. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's very obscure. It hasn't even been marketed in the West yet. But anyway. All right. Um, so uh, that's our side quest for uh, this month. Um, it's kind of we're kind of bleeding into the middle of the month now with every delay. But you know, eh, we'll just keep it loose. You know, so we'll say we'll we'll try to record probably the, towards the beginning of next uh, next month, April. Uh, we'll probably try to get out the next episode. But Haru, what are we going to be playing next time? Oh well, uh, damn it! Didn't I really wish I could make a reference <laughs> to this series. Uh, flying through the air, putting on your jeans and pizza. It's Devil May Cry. Whoa. Okay. I was like, that could be a lot of things. That could be that could be a beautiful jail. I That's mean. the opening to DMC, <laughs> DMC the, the Western one. Anyway. Right. We're yeah. going to play the first Devil May Cry. Uh, so we're going to do... Yeah, the first Devil May Cry. Uh, specifically, I'm going to be playing on the PlayStation 4 uh, HD collection of 1, 2, and 3. Uh, I'm just playing number one for SideQuest, uh, as are you, Haru. Um, what are you going to be playing that on? Yeah, probably... I basically everything on playstation uh okay all right just making sure yeah because you don't have a, a gaming pc per se so well you have a mac so <laughs> it's also yeah, sure not Perfect accurate for an action game, game. <laughs> right it's like uh, sorry. so yeah it's fine. Um, so we'll we'll be playing Devil May Cry. I have never played the series. We talked about it on um, Hunter's Hub a couple times, where you know you've been playing the DMC five um, demo, and uh, I don't think I'm looking forward to getting DMC five. But who knows? Maybe DMC one will inspire me to do that. I'm gonna have to because the next game looks so good, and I'm like really, I still haven't finished the last triple game I bought at launch, but I'm, I'm going to try and rush through Devil May Cry 1 and then get to play the new game and like jump tra uh, travel in time like that. Yeah. That, that might be a little rough, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. 
I don't know. I wanted to do the first one because I'd never played any of the series, and I think it'd be it'd be fun. Uh, it was it was between that and what was the other one I was thinking about getting. I know it was fifteen. Are you gonna say it on air? Oh, uh, Dark Siders. Oh, okay, you said it on air. <laughs> Dark Siders. Oh, yeah. those poor Undertale fans we teased. Um, oh no 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 no. <laughs> I think I've made it pretty clear I'm not super interested in playing Undertale, but, you know, it still might happen. Because um, I already know everything happens in Undertale, thanks to Matt Pat and Gerard the Completionist and all, all of them. Like, I don't... It's one of those games, I watched enough of it that I don't need to play it. But, it, you know, so that might change. So, um, so yeah, so... Catch us next month uh, for SideQuest. Uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Do you have any last thoughts, Haru? Uh, the, the crown is for mind controlling the dragon. Did, did, That's true. Did you yeah, get that we didn't part? even talk about the... No. Crucial story details. Because, no. I'm sorry. You guys must yeah, have not have followed this entire podcast because we didn't explain that. I'm sorry. That's my fault. I mean, th- I mean, it wasn't really that apparent in the game itself. <laughs> just like, it's like tell you mid story. Like, why is it called Dragon's Crown? Oh, they kind of make a big deal out of it too when they, that happens. It's dun, like dun, dra- it's dun. Dragon's Crown, and it's like, uh, it's it reminds me of the, the Cinema Sins that I that I like, uh, especially the podcast they do. Um, but like Cinema Sins, they they like to have a sin on a movie wherever the movie, someone in the movie says the title of the movie, they're like roll credits, <laughs> <laughs> the movie's over. <laughs> Where's um? So that's kind of that roll roll credits moment. Where where is a weapon to surpass God from? Is that like Metal Gear? Something like that, yeah. So I think that's what a Metal Gear is. A weapon to, to surpass God. Was that that scene? I don't remember exactly. I never played Metal Gear. I'm I'm going off of hearsay and you know like whatever internet meme culture that I've seen of it. I don't know. That, that's that's just like the vibe <laughs> I got when. Uh, when they introduced the the dragon's crown, a weapon to surpass the Yeah, it was like, it can, oh, dude, the D and D movie is the same way. The scepter that can control dragons. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> did you? Okay, um, can I stop recording at this point? <laughs> well, we gotta actually say our sign offs and everything. Oh, still. this is in the podcast. Shit. <laughs> okay. Yes. Did you just? Then so, I'll just ask. Did you see that one like throwaway line of dialogue? Um. From like uh-uh. one of the corpse piles, where they have their little blurs. Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. What it said, oh, that arrow caught me in the knee." Yes, was like, oh, yeah, I did. Another reference. I did see it. Yeah, a lot of them were references. Uh, I think one of them was like, "I'll be right back," or something like that. It was like their because it's supposed to be their last thoughts or last words. The bone piles, and one of them was like, "I'll be right back." So something like just uh, random thoughts. Even more sexist, uh-huh. I'd say, than the character designs is one of the like female corpse piles. <laughs> it says like, "I wonder if I look good as a corpse." <laughs> it's like, stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. That's funny. That's a that's a weird thought to have. Your last thought, huh? Uh, so yeah. Anyways, um, the uh, we're gonna wrap it up here so this is Fortuan. uh you can find me at hunters hub pod on twitter um where we'll we normally post the podcast that kind of stuff lately i've just been gushing over uh Aphelis's 
art, especially the three-headed uh, Fatalis. That was amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, you know go to the Twitter, check things out for the podcast. Uh, we also do the weekly uh, Hunters Hub uh, if you're if you're just listening to SideQuest. Uh, where we are way more off topic and try to talk about video games for the week. Uh, we talk about what we play, and then we try to get a main topic in there. And sometimes some guests uh, come on. Um, so, yeah. So, I will see you guys on the next quest or side quest. Uh, where will you be, Haru? I am at McCain's Dead Ran on Twitter. Uh, probably being surlier than I should be to climate deniers, but, you know. Uh, occasionally I tweet right. about things there. Occasionally. Yeah, you, I saw, I don't know, I saw you do something on Twitter recently. I was like, Haru actually did something, but I, I can't remember what I'm active on Twitter, I just do a lot of replying and... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>